0: Welcome to the Case for Connection podcast, where the case for more human connection is backed by research and unpacked by the best-selling authors of Connectable, how leaders can move teams from isolated to all-in. And now, here are your hosts, introvert Ryan Jenkins and extrovert Stephen Cohen.
1: Thanks for tuning in. I'm Ryan. He's Steve. Welcome to Season 1 of the Case for Connection, where we are doing our best to present a strong case for why... All of us need to forge more human connection in an often lonely and isolating world. In today's episode, which is the season finale, we'll be sharing the heartbreaking story of one man's realization about the power of connection. Steve, I can see you uh, holding back tears over there. This is our season finale. How are you feeling?
2: I'm feeling a bit heartbroken that we're not going to be able to do this until season two launches, which is who knows how long from now. So uh, yes, heartbreaking stories, heartbreaking emotions for this guy over here. Lots to uh, dive into, though. So, we'll pay, we'll get past the heartbreak and we'll we'll stay strong for each other.
1: This is this is one of our one of my favorite stories. Yeah, mine too. And when we share it with audiences, it's we probably get the the most visceral reaction. Uh, it's really powerful. So I can't wait for you to unpack it and jump in, my friend.
2: As he gazed out at the quiet and pristine Alaskan landscape, Christopher McCandless couldn't shake the feeling that something was missing. He had accomplished everything he sought to achieve, yet there remained a deep yearning. He took pen to paper to capture his thoughts in that moment. It would be his final words—words words we can all live by. McCandless was an American adventurer and subject of the international best-selling book *Into the Wild*, a non-fiction book by John Krakauer that was later made into a full-length feature film. After graduating with honors from Emory University. McCandless gave his life savings of $24,500 to a poverty fighting charity. He abandoned his car, burned any remaining cash in his wallet, and began traversing across North America. Seeking an increasingly nomadic and isolated lifestyle, McCandless hitchhiked to Alaska in April of 1992. He headed down the snow covered Stampede Trail, hiking for 28 miles into the deep wilderness of central Alaska. The only supplies he had were 10 pounds of rice, a twenty-two caliber rifle, several boxes of rifle rounds, a camera, and some reading materials, which included a field guide to the region's edible plants. At the beginning of his journey, McCandless wrote this, quote, Society, you're a crazy breed. Hope you're not lonely without me, end quote. He was determined to disconnect from society, living simply off the land by himself. Finally. He found the isolation he was searching for his entire life. On the eastern bank of the Shoshana River, he discovered a rusted Fairbanks City Transit System bus that had been abandoned. He decided to make this bus his new home. This now famous bus was removed on June 18, 2020, because too many tourists were endangering themselves, including even some deaths, as they trekked into the Alaskan wilderness to find it. Needless to say, McCandless's new home was remote and surrounded by treacherous terrain. While living out of the bus, McCandless foraged for edible roots and he ate berries, he shot an assortment of game, including a moose, and he kept a journal as a, of his activities and reflections. Eventually, he got sick after ingesting a poisonous seed. Weak and in need of help, he tried to retreat back into town but found his route blocked by a river, raging with snowmelt. Dejected, He retreated to the bus where he eventually starved to death after approximately 113 days. A few weeks later, a moose hunter found McCandless and notified authorities. They soon revealed his body, his belongings, some photos, and a journal. The final words McCandless penned in his journal read like this Happiness is only real when shared. McCandless achieved everything. He thought he longed for in life. He thought disconnection from others would quench his yearning spirit. But the thing the soul thirsts for most is connection. Seeing a sunrise, watching a moose drink from a river, or hearing the rain patter on a metal roof doesn't have the same significance without someone to share it with. Per his unique experience and final words, his happiness was non existent because he was alone. No matter how hard of an exterior you have, or task-focused, or introverted, or results-driven you are, at the end of the day, we pine for people. No matter the barriers we intentionally or unintentionally put between ourselves and others, life is better together. Ryan, what is your reaction to that very beautiful, and as you called it, heartbreaking story?
1: It is heartbreaking, but uh, boy, Chris McCandless, his story is a stark reminder for all of us. And again, no matter how introverted or extroverted you are, like we, we, we pine for people. And um, I experience this a lot because I, I travel a lot. I get to go to these amazing places where they have great events where I get the opportunity to speak. And people are always like, oh my gosh. Hey, are you enjoying the the property and are are you doing all these things? And you get to see all these great spots, and I'm like, yeah, but it's usually just me. Like, <laughs> like my wife's not here, I don't have my kids here. Like, it's, so it's kind of it's dull, you know. But of course, I'm taking notes of where we, we I need to take the family back to, but it's just not the same if it's just me. Um, so there's so much wrapped up into this, and um, I'm one that seeks a lot of solitude, um, but it's always with the intent of emerging from that solitude with new ideas or something to share with the community, my family, close friends, etc.
2: Yeah. My reaction is very similar. I mean, when you have somebody who felt like his life purpose was to be alone only to realize that his aloneness is not at all what he was thinking it would be. And that happiness is only real when it's shared. I mean, I believe that wholeheartedly. Things are better. They even found that when you eat a meal with somebody else, the food literally tastes better when you're with others because there's something about being in a community where we're able to share in that experience that just amplifies the entire thing for everybody involved. And I would love all of our listeners to remember that connection is the most powerful force on the planet. and something that we absolutely need to have in our lives for those lives to be worth living
1: i mean happiness is only real when shared it's so simple and so poetic and you think about it like have you have you ever experienced happiness um like true euphoria like alone no no, yeah, like if you, if you think about like all all of the great moments in your life, there, it's people that are around that that amplify it, right? So we we can, we can we can be alone and be happy, but I don't think we can experience like happiness like to to the extreme that we all are longing for.
2: My my favorite memories, if I'm quickly going through the catalog of the events that really stand out in my life, it's always because there are other people who are along for the ride. Mm -hmm. And I think about, you know, some of my favorite memories are memories at concerts. I love live music, right? I'm a musician. And if it was just me and the band, wouldn't it be as cool? Yeah. When you have hundreds, if not thousands of people all singing together, all jumping up and down together, all just enjoying the presence of one another. That's, those are the moments that truly stand out. From a lot of the others that I can think about in my life,
1: like you think about some of these pivotal moments that might happen alone. Like if you got an email that told you you got accepted to the college of your dreams, like in that moment you're the only person that knows, and there, there there's some there's some power in that, right? Like you're the only one that that knows in this moment. But there's usually one person. If you're lucky, there's multiple people that come to mind that you can't wait to share that news with.
2: Well, what videos go viral? So if we're using that as an example. Are there any viral videos of somebody finding out what college they go to by themselves?
1: The only reason I think they probably would go viral is they jump up and down out of excitement and then the desk collapse and they <laughs> fall over, right? There's some but kind there's, of fail.
2: But in that example, you have a lot of videos that have gotten a lot of views from those reveals. And what happens in those reveals, everybody around them is jumping up and down, they're crying, they're throwing their fists around and, in, in, you know, out of mind, out of body, a jubilation of an experience. And those are the videos that people watch and go, oh my God, what a moment,
1: Yeah, yeah. right? What yeah. a moment
2: that they get to experience this together.
1: Yeah. And I think this idea of sharing is, it's it's interesting, right? Because oftentimes we're told to share, growing up as kids, we're told to share, like belongings, right? Then there's another aspect where, we're told not to share, right? We're told not, you know, keep your achievements to yourself. You don't want to brag. You don't want to, you, know, you need to be humble. And then there's other realms where, you know, social media, for example, like we share everything. We're sharing what we're eating. Like we, we overshare, right? So the sharing is an interesting topic that gets pulled in all kinds of different directions. But I think, you know, the sharing that we're talking about is these life experiences, right? And the the, the moments that mean something to you, sharing those moments with others, uh, is really interesting. And some of the research we shared in the book that kind of counters some of this, that saying actually sharing can draw people closer to you. Like if you you withhold some of your achievements and accomplishments, then people actually can resent you for that um, because they don't feel like they were good enough to like, you know, uh, hear about your achievements. Um, It's a tricky balance, but I think, I don't think we often think about that portion of sharing. And of course, I think there's an art to sharing as well, right? Uh, where you can be very gracious about it, um, but certainly in Chris McCandless's situation, I just like I've been to all U.S. all fifty U.S. states. Let's
2: brag a little bit more about that. <laughs> I'm sharing. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm sharing here. I which I you know that was a goal of mine growing up, and I did it. Of all fifty, Alaska is the best. Alaska, in my mind, the most beautiful. It's the most maj- majestic, and it just has you in awe everywhere you look. And so I can picture myself as Chris McCandless, right? Traversing all the way across the country, knowing I'm an introvert, I'm different. Like I want to be somewhere where I can be with myself and thoughts and live off the land. And yeah. And he gets there and he's looking out and he's just taking in this just just incredible scenery. And it's just, it's it had to have felt empty and hollow to some degree, right? That it's just like turning, turning someone and no one's around to share this and like even if he took a, he did have a camera and if he took a picture, well, then it's like it wasn't, you know, it wasn't digital. So he couldn't send it to anybody. He couldn't share even that digital message with, with anybody. So it's just, it's, again, it's heartbreaking. That's why we started this conversation saying it was truly heartbreaking because he had no one to share it with.
2: Agreed. And you know, our expertise on this topic is really rooted in the workplace. So our book was written to help people feel less lonely at work and to help leaders, spot lonely employees and essentially pull them back into the tribe. And when you know you start to understand the statistics of just how powerful belonging is for our performance, yeah. It's a big deal, right? I mean, recruitment is boosted by 167%. Job performance of teams with a strong sense of belonging increased by 56%. Engagement increased Increases by seventy five percent, right? There's all of these statistics, there's all of these metrics and research that we uncovered in the book that makes it very, very clear. When we work together, when we feel like we belong, when we're really included, amazing things happen.
1: Yeah. As an extrovert, what's your how do you approach solitude? You know, because a big part of the story is solitude and, and Chris wanting to find you know solitude and be by himself.
2: Yeah, for me, I don't necessarily classify it as solitude as much as I do battery recharging activities. And for me, my battery recharging activity is playing my guitar.
0: Mm, And I can spend
2: 15 minutes just messing around. And in those 15 minutes of just being by myself, playing a couple of riffs, doing something new and creative, I can feel like, okay, let's get back to work. It's restorative and I'm good to go. Yeah. So, I'm not trying to think of solitude as like oh I gotta like close the doors and I gotta be myself. I gotta leave the house. I gotta uh, you know remove myself from all the people around. It's more so how can I take a few minutes to just do something that I really enjoy that gives me peace and solace yeah. and well being.
1: That's a, that's a great example and a great definition. If if we zoom out and we think about isolation, like so isolation is kind of a neutral term, right? I mean it's not necessarily negative. It's not necessarily, it's necessarily positive. The isolation then the the negative part of isolation is loneliness. The positive state of isolation is solitude. So that, certainly, that's what McCandless was trying to go towards, right? He was trying to find a positive state where he could be uh, in solitude, and you know, certainly, aloneness is can can lessen loneliness. Solitude can be insurance against uh, loneliness, and it's how i think about solitude it's the it's the free of input of others right so you can experience solitude like you playing guitar you can also experience solitude at a busy coffee shop if you're just if you're directing your own thoughts and you're not you know listening to a a podcast and taking you know the idea of solitude is really is is really being able to quiet the world around you and be very present and um and that can take all kinds of multiple forms but I seek out solitude all the time. When we were writing this book, whenever I got into a snare where I couldn't figure out a story or a concept or something, I would just get up from my desk, walk away, get in the car, and resist turning on any music or a podcast because I'm always putting that stuff in when I'm in the cracks of life. And like, Without fail, every time, I'd give it 15 to 20 minutes without any input in the car driving. And the the thoughts would click together and I would have a new idea that I could go. And then that would, that would unleash some more creativity that I could go into. So you're
2: saying, so we just said McCandless was by himself and was hoping to be around other people. And you're essentially saying you need more time alone.
1: (laughs) Well, the reason, the reason I need that time is to create something to then share it with somebody else, right? There we go. And of course, I think I'm sure McCandless was up there, and eventually had plans to come back into society and and share of his adventures.
2: But he underestimated just how quickly he was going to need the presence of others. Yeah. And when he got ill, he realized he made a mistake.
1: Yeah. And it's such a great reminder: happiness is only real when shared. And I think all of us—that's a great takeaway. I think from this episode is you know the next time something exciting happens. Who's the first person that pops up in your brain? like that's a valuable person to you, and perhaps share that with them next time, saying you're the first person to hear this. like you came to mind first, like I'm excited to share this with you. Thank you for being a connection of mine, and um something my wife and I do at times too is if we experience something unusual or funny um throughout the day or week, we'll intentionally not tell anybody else until we're together and then we, we share it with each other, so it's a way for us to kind of solidify that connection and uh, again it's a reminder that we're typically her and i are the ones that we want to share most of life with um yeah it's powerful to kind of monitor thoughts like oh yeah uh that something cool happened Bing, steve's the first one i want to tell
2: absolutely i should be the only one you tell everything (laughs) to come on so ryan i mean we're coming to the close of the first season of the case of connection podcast what's the case to be made for our final episode as we try to wrap it all up for our our listeners out there.
1: Yeah. The case for connection is it's hardwired in us. So there's no working around it. We might as well lean into it. You know, let's destigmatize loneliness and it's not shameful. It's a signal. It's a signal that we belong together. So let's lean into it. And I think the last thing for me is just that loneliness is useful, right? If you're feeling loneliness and if you're feeling lonely, you're certainly not alone. But if you are experiencing loneliness, it's just a signal that we need to reach out and connect with others. So, that is my case for connection. And as we wrap up this conversation, thinking about Chris McCandless and his and his his story, you know, as a human, you've you've probably wanted to disconnect from people. We've all been there, Steve. You've been there. Even as an extrovert, you're probably like, I've had it. <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> probably with me. <laughs> That's enough. No comment. But yes. <laughs> Uh, So yeah, so at times you've probably want to disconnect from people. And at times the issues of your family, your neighbors, you know, your team seem to be too complex and daunting. Like that's completely normal. And you'd rather kick them off the bus and retreat in the wilderness, just like Chris did right on your own. That's okay. You're allowed to feel that way because as we covered in this episode, solitude is healthy. Just don't go too far because they need you and you need them. Together we heal, together we perform better, and together we belong. That's it for this episode and this season of the Case for Connection podcast. We want to thank you for being with us. Please connect with us at thecaseforconnectionpodcast.com to give us your thoughts and ideas for season two. Uh, Until then, stay connected. and We hope that this season has been a compelling and clear case to be connected.
0: for connecting with us and listening to the Case for Connection podcast. This podcast is presented by LessLonely.com, the world's premier resource for reducing loneliness and strengthening human connections. Do you want to measure how connected you are to others and get research-based results and recommendations to improve your connections? Take the free two-minute loneliness self-assessment at LessLonely.com slash test. Additionally, Follow Ryan and Stephen's latest connection research and tips on all social platforms at Ryan and Stephen. And finally, please subscribe and follow so you don't miss future episodes and provide a review and rating so others can discover the show. Thanks again and stay connected.